Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Cloudwater from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. Lent, we've actually been hearing the scriptures through our voices, through the voices of members here at Faith Lutheran, but they've also been able to sync up with uh, different accounts of the gospel as they've been recorded in in movies, but they are movies that are in Aramaic. So we're actually, as Faith Lutheran, we're the ones kind of dubbing over these movies, but it's brought these things to life. It's brought these stories to life. And so today, we see and hear the story of the resurrection. After the Sabbath. As the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. An angel of the Lord, descending from heaven, came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. The guards were so afraid that they shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He is not here for he has been raised. And as he said, come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has been raised from the dead. And indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings. Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Grace and peace to you, my friends in faith. About a month ago, one of our seventh grade students here who's in confirmation came to class and showed up with something. These little plastic eggs that he passed around to his group. But this was no ordinary egg. There were no jelly beans inside, no M&Ms. In fact, nothing edible at all. But it wasn't empty. What could possibly be inside? Well, friends, this is what you call a Jesus egg. Yeah, well, Jesus was inside of there. Yeah, like, like this big. And so I got an egg, and a bunch of uh, the classmates got eggs. In fact, my second grader, Sullivan, got an egg and excitedly put it on the end of a pencil so that it could be an eraser. For example, Jesus erases your sin and erases your math homework, apparently. <laughs> Another friend shared, me, uh, shared a picture of this one, Jesus as a car air freshener, Jesus. Now, I just got to put this out there. I really hope that this is Jesus pre-resurrection, okay? Because I don't think we want that smell emanating in our car. All right, so Jesus also made a trip to Louisville, Kentucky, 
where he was able to uh, join Andrew and Jack in their National Field Archery uh, Championship. Uh, Jesus actually was in Jack's pouch and with him everywhere. So as he was shooting, uh, he was able to say that Jesus was with him and, uh, as he competed. Now on Friday, we put Jesus back in the egg. So we're all here. And it's time for Jesus to go back into the tomb. So we put Jesus here. So Jesus is in here, right? <gasps> Look at that. He's gone. Jesus is no longer in the tomb. Jesus has been risen. Today, we remember as we gather here that Jesus cannot be contained in this. The women have come and the guards are laying on the ground, terrified. And the women walk into this tomb, and he is not there. It is empty. But I have a really curious question. If everybody thinks Jesus is dead, why did they need to guard the tomb? He's dead. Where's he going to go? You know, the chief priests demonstrated that they were still a little bit nervous. You know, even though Jesus is safely in the tomb, we've taken care of it, there's nothing that could possibly happen. The chief priests start to remember some of the crazy stuff that Jesus said while he was still alive. And so one of the chief priests goes to Pilate and pipes up and he said, you know, governor, sir, uh, we remember what this imposter said while he was still alive. After three days, I'll rise again. Therefore, command the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may go and steal him away and tell all the people he has been risen from the dead. And then that last deception would be worse than the first. Pilate said, you got a guard of soldiers. Go, make it as secure as you can. And so they do. And with the guard, they made the, the tomb secure by sealing the stone. And so when the angel appears, and those guards act like dead men... It's probably because they realize we're going to be dead men if Pilate hears about what just has happened. I find it ironic that the chief priests and the Pharisees seem more prepared for what Jesus said was going to happen than Jesus' own disciples. So now what? Now what does Mary and the other Mary, and what do all the disciples do? Where, where do they go from here? Well, I wonder... If things start to sink in. Because remember what the angel said to them? The angel said, Jesus is going to Galilee. That's a very significant place. Because Galilee in Matthew 3, Jesus comes from Galilee to visit John to be baptized. In the next chapter, as Jesus walks by the Sea of Galilee, this is where he gathers all of his disciples. Jesus goes to Galilee because Galilee, for his disciples... Is home, away from the chief priests, away from all the drama of Jerusalem. Home is safe. And so he wants them to go home. It's here that Jesus is going to give further instructions, words about going out into the world and sharing this news with the world. And the, the disciples know the way. They know how to get there. They know that following Jesus, their true north, that they'll be able to celebrate that he's come back. 
And so they are going to rejoice with their Savior. They're going to rejoice that Jesus has conquered death, risen from the dead, and with this brings new life, new breath, new hope. I think about what we might be facing. No matter what we face, no matter how hard life can get, we can always now remember that we can turn to Jesus. Because Jesus will always be there right here in our spiritual homes, in our dwellings, in our sanctuaries. But where we go, we know that Jesus is with us. We can turn to Jesus in prayer and in praise. And even those moments when we waver off of the path, we know Jesus is there giving us direction. We're always on the go, aren't we? It seems like we're always going somewhere. We go to places to work, to learn, to heal. We go to places to serve, to explore. We go to places to shop, to eat, to be entertained, to worship. When we want to go somewhere, our phones often tell us the fastest route, the path that we should take to get to that place as fast as possible. Sometimes our phone will reroute us if there's a detour, a road construction, or an accident. There might be a new way for us to take that might be available. Have you ever ignored that recommendation only a few minutes later to think, oh, I really should have done what my phone suggested I try? In our own lives, we are on a journey that can take many routes and many detours. We get sidetracked, distracted. We get tempted to go off on the best available route tempted to ignore our faith, to go it alone. Don't you think that the women were a little bit scared that day, seeing an empty tomb and the guards rolling on the ground? I'm sure they were. So when Jesus tells them to go to Galilee, don't you think that that was a sense of relief? Oh, it's going to be okay. A chance to get recentered. Jesus will be there. Now, there's, there's one more thread to this story that also gets a little overlooked, okay? So remember those guards, the, the guards who were like dead men? Remember why they were put there in the first place? Pontius Pilate authorized it. Well, these guards, they want nothing to do with Pilate. They don't want to tell Pilate what happened. So Matthew, right after the story that we just heard, tells us what they do. There's a plot that they have to figure out to try to come up with what are we going to tell people when they say what happened. And so here's the rest of the story. While they were going, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests everything that had happened. After the priests had assembled with the elders, they devised a plan to give a large sum of money to the soldiers, telling them... You must say his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this comes to Pilate's ears, we will satisfy him and we will keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story is still told among the Judeans to this day. Think about it. That is the story that's told as proof that Jesus isn't resurrected. Two guys handed him money, a bag of money and said, just don't say anything. That's it. Hush money. Stay quiet. Hmm. Okay. 
few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, my daughter Cora had spent the whole day cleaning, like literally hours, and she cleaned her whole room, and her room looked great. And she wanted to have it all ready because she knew she was going to be gone for a dance competition all weekend. And so she got it all cleaned, and then the next morning, she got into a little argument with her brothers, and her brothers had found some pens, and she said that they were her pens, and the brothers said, we don't care, we want them anyway. And they had this fight that seemed really harmless at the time. Well, Cora goes off to her dance competition, and she's gone all day, and she gets home, and she comes into her room, and her room is a mess. Like somebody has destroyed her room, gone into her closet, gotten into all of her stuff, throws things all over the place, and Cora's devastated, okay? Well, in my house, there's usually a few usual suspects, so we call in the youngest boys. Sully and Edison, it's time to start talking. What happened? Why'd you do it? They immediately denied any involvement. It wasn't us. We didn't do that. Now, Sullivan made a fatal mistake. Sullivan cannot resist the power of a Polaroid camera. Cora's Polaroid camera was in her room. And so he did this.